0: Today we begin the scrutinies, um, which are the last few Sundays of Lent before the celebration of Easter. The catechumens, um, according to the tradition of the ancient, ancient church, are scrutinized and uh, prepared through our own communal, communal prayer together um, for their reception of the, all the sacraments of initiation of baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist. And this year we have the privilege of having Laura Freleck who's uh, in our front row and will be scrutinized after... This homily. Don't worry, it's not that scary. But uh, because of the scrutinies, um, the church asks um, parishes and, and local churches who are uh, welcoming catechumens in, into the church at Easter to read these cycle A readings, the, the readings that every three years we normally read during the Sundays of Lent. Um, and the first one being this beautiful reading of the, the woman at the well from the Gospel of John. So thank you, Laura, for letting us. Uh, read these beautiful readings, which we only normally get to read every three years. Um, But uh, these readings that have to do with the most fundamental parts of the gospel, like what is it that uh, you are going to receive in the living water of baptism in just a few weeks, uh, and what have we all received in our own baptism, and what does that do for us? And this season of preparation preparation for Easter, in a way, is all of us, Renewing, preparing to renew our baptismal vows. That's uh, when Laura is baptized shortly after all of the people present at, at the Easter Vigil. And then from the Sundays on, during Easter, there's a renewal in lieu of the creed of our baptismal vows. And we usually are sprinkled uh, with baptismal water because the Paschal Mystery, the death, resurrection, ascension, and Pentecost, what we celebrate in the Easter season, is the source of the wellspring of this living water that's been, that's been poured out in the sacraments, in the church. So the, the purpose of Lent and all of our practices of fasting and prayer and almsgiving are really to empty our hearts, to clear out the way for that fountain of water to flow again so that we can be renewed. And we need to do that every single year. And it's a joy to watch somebody begin that journey as well, to remind us what, what we're called for, why we came to this, this fountain of, of water. My parents are here today, and I'm going to quote my mother, um, which I would do whether or not she was here or not. One of my favorite lines about Lent that she ever said was, I should want heaven more than I want this hot fudge Sunday. Which is like the purpose of giving stuff up for Lent. It's not not simply just because God likes to watch us suffer, but it's meant to point us to a higher desire or maybe a deeper desire that these surface things, these hungers and thirsts um, can sometimes crowd out with the, the noise. You know, thirst and hunger are these very immediate desires that we have from the time that we're babies. And we cry when we don't get what we want. We're hungry, tired, thirsty. These appetites, these bodily desires um, are important and urgent. We need to satisfy them day in and day out. You need to drink water. You need to eat food. But um, there are deeper desires in life. There are deeper desires of the heart that sometimes we let those surface ones take precedence. And that's why Lent is an intentional time of saying no to some of those desires so that we can say yes to the deeper ones. My other favorite image of this is my friend Kyle, who in seminary, walked into the common room on our hallway, opened the fridge, and just said, I'm not really hungry, I just want to eat something. Which to me was like an image of all of humanity, like with this deep hunger in us, and we don't know what it is or what will satisfy it, so we just find anything, something, that's idolatry, to 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 satisfy our our infinite desire for peace and for satisfaction and for rest. Um, The gospel today, Jesus asking this Samaritan woman for a drink, meeting her at this well, is sort of another image, a a biblical image of of this truth, that A, God has felt these appetites in Christ, in the incarnation, Jesus himself thirsts. there's, There's so much going on in this gospel, it's so layered in the meanings of what it means that Jesus, a Jew, is talking to her, a Samaritan. Jesus, a man, is talking to her, a woman. That he is asking her for a drink. Why is she there by herself? There's all these layers of meaning, but I just want to concentrate on this, that God in Christ was thirsty. And in this reading here, he's hungry and tired and hot. It's this long journey that he's walking. He's stopping at this well. He doesn't have a bucket, and he just on a human level, is asking this woman for a drink. But it's, I mean, if you've read the whole gospel, it kind of makes you think of as like a foreshadowing of him on the cross when he says, I thirst in that moment of agony and that intense, deep thirst. And not just the parched throat of a man dying on a cross, but the deep thirst of God, which meets her at this well, for friendship with us. That that thirst is an image. And so he doesn't, neglect the body. God does not say, stop thirsting, stop hungering. He's saying, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for me. That let those appetites not be ends in themselves, but point you, see, make you see how much you need. How helpless you are without someone to give you something to drink, without someone to feed you. The, God, the Old Testament, the, the rock that follows the Israelites around the desert, giving them water. That they need to to survive in the desert, that God does not say we don't need these things, he's just saying you need more. And so he he takes on these appetites, these thirsts, these these hungers, to sublimate them to this higher, most uh, deep desire and hunger, which is for friendship, communion. And secondly, that he meets us at these wells, that, you know, like Kyle opening the fridge, um, that's like him going to his well at noon, like the Samaritan, and he's I don't know. I'm not really hungry, but I want to eat something. It's like Jesus is like behind the fridge or something. Like he's behind the well for this woman. Um, he meets us at these places, so it's important not to just say, "I need to get rid of this desire for hot fudge Sundays, for chocolate, for beer, whatever else," and and then I'll be like spiritually pure and ready to be holy. But rather, let pick something that you're giving up. I mean, we're three weeks in here. Hopefully, you've you've been experiencing this to some degree, but. The best Lenten sacrifices are those that constantly remind us. We keep, we keep having this urge or this appetite. And it's, we can get curious about, what am I looking for here? Because I don't really need this. It's good picking something like chocolate. I don't need chocolate. But until I give it up, and then I really need it. Right? Have you ever had that experience? Like it, you don't actually feel how much you've depended on this consolation, on this comfort, on this desire until you start saying no to it. And then, what do you do with that that empty space? That habit that, that keeps coming back to you, that affection that your body has for some good of the earth, and you can't forget it. To find Jesus there, meeting us by our wells. And I'll finish with this. Just imagine you are this woman, going day in and day out to this well. Getting water, going back, using it for food for cooking for drinking for washing go back the next day it runs out and you just keep going back there every single day mindlessly uh, slaking this thirst and you know that deep down there's also this boredom a deeper thirst for like a different life than the one you've chosen or the one that's chosen you or these five husbands or whatever's going on in your heart you have this this sense that there's more to life than this but you're so just kind of mindlessly going back and forth to this well, taking care of business, and and then one day you stop and you say, like, no matter if I drank this whole cistern worth of water, I would never stop being thirsty. And you just say no to that desire for a minute, and you, you just look around. What am I really looking for here at this well? And there's Jesus sitting on the other side, and he's been waiting there the whole time, and he says, Give me a drink. What is your well? Is it YouTube or Instagram, like where you just, you're bored, you just pull out your phone, you don't even think about it, and you're just like, 20 minutes later, you're like, what am I even looking for? When would I know that I've had enough and that I'm not thirsty anymore? What is it that you're going to, day in and day out, to try to slake your thirst? Some surface desire. It's not bad. It's not evil in and of itself. But it's just not what you're looking for. And it's easier to go there than to ask the question, what if I really answered the call? What if I really listened to the deepest call of my heart? And the thing is, Christ is there, but he asks us for a drink. In order for us to receive the living water he wants to give to us that will well well up into a spring of water to eternal life, we first have to give him whatever it is we're coming to drink we give it to him then he starts to offer us living water welling up to eternal life simple way i need to want heaven more than i want a hot food sunday what is this thing that i'm giving up what am i really looking for and can i give it over to christ so that he can give me way more than i'm looking for in return